Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hey, hello. How was the scuba diving? <laughs> right into it. <laughs> right into it, baby. <laughs> scuba diving was good. So, uh, what was it? Uh, I was away last week on vacation. Mm-hmm. Went uh, up to Tobermory. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I did like 14 dives. We were doing two, really? two and three dives a day. Wow. It was good. We had... Dive charters set aside for Friday and Saturday. I'm Sean Rowling. With me is Derek the Fish. <laughs> but yeah, we did a lot. Of, I couldn't get Siobhan in the water at all. So did you push? No. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, how hard is it? Hey, what's that over there? <laughs> over the side she goes. But we, uh, because we're like, we had just been up there um, in the kayaks, right? Yeah. We, yeah. So recently, yeah. what, a month or two ago? In July. Month, yeah. In July. So uh, I thought, well. I'm going to bring my canoe. And uh, I thought it'd be great to uh, paddle over the, the wrecks in Tobermeyer Harbor. We were, we were in cottages right in the harbor. Right. And uh, so I thought we'd go up there. I'd drug the canoe up, life jackets, paddles, all the gear. And it, it was it was windy. It's a good thing scuba diving doesn't matter what the weather is. But uh, all week it was the wind was up so high that uh, there, was just, the there was a constant chop, like across from us at the Chichimon Ferry Dock. Yeah. Like you could see waves shooting 20, 30 feet in the air hitting the rocks, right? It's like, holy crap. <laughs> I'm not taking the kids out in that. Why? So, <laughs> well, they got life jackets. <laughs> They'll wash back to shore eventually. <laughs> I, I want them to get back into a canoe again in the future. So I was disappointed. We didn't get to uh, get the canoe out. And and we, I don't know how many times we end up dragging that canoe somewheres on vacation and just never using it. Oh, every time I go to Lake Superior. <laughs> well, that's a hard lake to paddle. Yeah. 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 I've never been on it. <laughs> it looks great the day we get there. And then the yeah. next day when you're going ready for your big paddle. Oh, yeah. 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 I remember that yeah. trip of yours. I'm going to spend like 10 days on Lake Superior. Yeah. Day one. Beautiful. We'll get out there tomorrow. We'll get out there we'll first paddle. thing yeah. in the morning. The next 10 days? Yeah. <laughs> Where's the surfboard? Yeah, we were just slightly disappointed, but it was, uh, we were there for scuba diving and it was a vacation. The kids, the kids had a blast. Got them out snorkeling and, and, you know, we, me and Stella, I snorkeled over top of a couple wrecks and she got to see it through her, her little swim mask. And so she Did was. Did she actually do the snorkeling thing? Yeah, well, she did this, this first time. I had her out twice. So it was her first time she's ever snorkeled. Is there an age limit on scuba diving? They say 10 years old because of the attention span is too short below that or something. And so, but um, I've, I've talked to a couple of guys there. They had their kids on their regulator just at the end of like at a, at a beach or at the end of a dock oh, okay. at, at like eight. But uh, most dive places won't let you. So if you it. have your own gear, you could take them yeah, like right yeah. offshore or something. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, yeah. stand beside them while they learn how to use exactly. it sort of to yeah. get used to it. But you can get them. They can be scuba diving. You can get a license for them when they're 10 and older. Hmm. Yeah, so, I've never, uh, like, I, I've never, I like, I think it's cool, but I've just never, mm-hmm. I tried snorkeling well, a couple of times, but uh, everything just closes up when I stick my face underwater. It's, it's a survival thing, I guess. <laughs> just kicks in. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want you dying. Uh, no, I've, I know a lot of people. That, well, my brother-in-law scuba dives. He goes okay. down to Mexico and yep. he brings back these little GoPro videos of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, Going yeah. through these like little cave tunnel things and coming out the other side. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's pretty cool. But uh, 
So are you, you think your kids are going to get into it? Uh, I think Stella, Becca's still too young to really know one way or the other, but Stella seems really interested. But she seems pretty excited about Siobhan it. Siobhan didn't want to. No, uh, you know, she, uh, she hasn't, she hasn't scuba dove since Stella was born. So she hasn't been underwater in about eight plus years, right? Mm-hmm. So she's just, I think she was just too nervous to try to get into, back into it. And she might've gone diving with me, but we, we were with, uh, we were with, uh, friends from work, right? So there was, and they were there with extended family. So we're, there's about, including us, there's 21 people. Holy cow. We rented, we rented, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cottages. Wow. All from the same place. So it was, yeah, it was a big group of people and there was scuba diving day and night type thing, right? So it, uh, it worked out really well for me. <laughs> now, when you're, I mean, you see the images of people scuba diving, you see them down like through the Caribbean and stuff yeah. like that. It's probably not, as, not, it's not, it's not as same. exciting here. Here you have, uh, brown rocks, brown fish. Sometimes the water's brown. <laughs> Yeah, it's and brown, and brown rotted ships. Yeah, yeah. Everything <laughs> is just sort of a monotone, and once in a while you see a green bass swim by, right? And right. So it's uh, there's, but it, it's it's neat for the fact that in Tobermory you get to scuba dive down on wrecks. Yeah. Right. You, you like there's a couple wrecks that are there that people put there on purpose, and there's a couple people that a couple of ships that are put there by accident. Yeah. <laughs> But it was, uh, it, it's a, it's a different experience just for wreck diving. I, I sort of started to migrate away from scuba diving in the last 10 years or so, just because it's like, I used to dive when I was out in BC. You well, know. unless you've got a group of people that exactly. go yes. all the time. It's tough. It, yeah. It's really. And it's hard to stay interested. And, and from my experience is, uh, the people who stay in diving either go south a lot like once or twice a year yeah. or the, they get into like underwater photography. They get into wreck diving they get into cave diving because just normal scuba diving in, in, in Canada and Ontario is boring. It can be boring unless you find some other, something else to grab your attention to keep you going. Right. Yeah. Like a lot of people, there's, I know a few people that uh, get into winter diving and under ice diving and, and stuff like that just to keep it interesting. And, and, uh, but for the most part, if you're into diving in Ontario, it's because you're diving on wrecks, like up in the Kingston area, up in Tobermory, there's, there's tons of wrecks in and around the, the Great Lakes, right? Yeah. My brother, brother-in-law goes there. He goes to Ganaraskaway to the Thousand Islands. Islands. Okay. Yeah. Apparently there's some Lots good of wrecks. Yeah, wrecks and yeah. um, current and stuff through there. So yeah. It, just it can be interesting. drags you down and, yeah. you know, so you're just passing stuff. Yeah. Like, you gotta, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Eventually yeah. you gotta go back, buddy. <laughs> and what was nice was uh, the water temperature in Tobamori was, it was fantastic. Like it was uh, 72 to 75 degrees uh, for some reason. A lot of people like every they do in Fahrenheit, right? And I'm always yeah. converting. <laughs> so now what's that in Canadian? <laughs> yes, <laughs> but for some reason people do it in Fahrenheit. Um, anyways, uh, so what is it? Uh, whatever seventy-two to seventy-five degrees is that's not too bad. But in Tobermory, where the that's the surface temperatures at about depending on where you dive, mm-hmm. the, there's thermoclines. So uh, on one of the dives. There's uh, I went down to about 90 feet 
and there was a thermocline at about 35 feet and it dropped about 10 degrees and then there was another one at about 65 around 50 around 60 65 feet and it dropped to 44 degrees so at the bottom which i didn't stay very long <laughs> it was 44 degrees which is about six and a half degrees celsius well when you're coming back up or going down like and you there's those really warm spots yeah that's where people peed. <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> That's a lot of pee. That's a lot of scuba divers up there, buddy. What's interesting, though, is like you go down and you feel the change in temperature. Because yeah. I was just diving in a wetsuit, right? So oh, I bet you it was right. That's why I got warm all of a sudden. <laughs> I And I had a three mil wetsuit. Okay. Because I, uh, for some reason, like I haven't used my my six mil wetsuits in a few years and for some reason i don't know why must be storage or something but all of my uh wetsuits shrunk and they just don't fit me oh, anymore yeah wasn't it's, that like your dry suit shrunk yeah it's your dry it's like, suit shrunk your <laughs> exactly. pants shrunk your shirt yeah, shrunk. it's it's just poor storage or something i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah we'll go with that so poor so I, I i need to find something with a little bit more <laughs> flexibility in it yeah. so i i was stuck with the three mil because it, it was uh it shrank but it was a little bit more stretchy yeah. <laughs> made you look sexy didn't it oh yeah big but, tank on the back so everybody there's a bunch of people were uh in dry suits in the group and so even they were complaining about the cold and 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 they, hey, how was it for you? I said, oh, it was okay. It was a little cold down the bottom. And yeah, what, what's your suit? Six mil. I said, no, I got a three mil. And their eyes just opened. What? <laughs> yeah, you're in my basement in the air conditioning and you got a sweater on, a, a toque on, mitts, Yeah, You know, gloves. it was weird. I, yeah. uh, it, it's, I guess it's a mental thing, right? Because I didn't have so much of a problem with the cold. Yeah, you get used to it. Yeah, you get used to it. Yeah. But yeah, here in your basement... <laughs> I find it freezing down here. <laughs> Just on that side of the table, buddy. It must be. It's like a meat locker down here. <laughs> In case the body's chilled. Yes. <laughs> Till we can bury them. <laughs> but anyways, back on topic. I didn't get to use my canoe. I was upset. And mostly because I drug it. It was, uh, what was it? Four and a half hour, five hour oh, drive? Five hour drive up there, yeah. It's a long way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. You. You. You think. Yeah. We'll bring it anyway. But had you not brought it. Yeah. It was said. Oh it man. We could have like gone last out. the entire week. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So. Oh, that's good. I. Uh, we did a family staycation. Uh, we were we were supposed to go canoe tripping up in Tomogamy, and they were doing the. Uh, everywhere there seems to be the fire bands and that and the forest fires oh, okay, yeah. and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. So we ended up doing a staycation. We did uh, downtown Toronto. We went to Wahlburgers. Oh, how was that? It was good. I saw you post that. Yeah, it was good. I've never been to it. It's it's just another expensive but burger they have joint, some, but they are really they, good burgers. They have some pretty amazing menu items yeah. for burgers, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, we've been to some of the other burger joints where you're looking like, oh, yeah, Dijon ketchup. You know, like fancy ketchups mm-hmm. and mustards. Yeah. And, and you're charging me that much for a burger just because you got fancy ketchup. Yeah. Like, eh. <laughs> but no, we went there and we were all just like, wow, these are pretty good burgers. Like oh, even yeah. the burger itself. Nice. Like it could have been a nude burger mm-hmm. and it was still good. So, and we did the St. Lawrence Market stuff and then we went to Niagara Falls and did all of that. And, um, yeah, you know, we had a good, yeah, a good time and, uh, did a little bit of wall at yeah, white water at Niagara Falls. 
Yeah, that first job, it was huge. That's <laughs> one heck of a drop. <laughs> that was one heck of a drop, I tell you. I got to swear that's got to be some sort of record. <laughs> the airtime was unbelievable. Oh, I had to stop out and have a pee on the way down. It was that long. <laughs> so, uh, what else? Oh, we did some, yeah, we did some yard work and stuff here yeah. that I don't have to do in the fall now and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's good. But, uh, no, it was good. We did that staycation. Uh Cocapelli Packraft. They are starting to tick me off. Are they? they Why are. is that? I don't know what the dealio is. I mean, I, I follow them on Facebook and stuff okay. like that. But all of a sudden, I'm getting like a billion photos of people in Cocapelli Packrafts. So like Google ads and stuff? And just pictures from them and, yeah. and others. In all these locations. <laughs> and you're just looking like, oh. Look at that. Could you imagine? I want to be I wanna there. Be, yeah, they're starting to tick me off now. <laughs> okay. I was confused at first. Yeah. I was wondering why they bugged you. They're just bugging me. Stop posting that stuff. Making you jealous. Yeah. Well, you know what? I got my, uh, I got all my uh, topographical maps for my uh, Moose River trip. Oh, yeah. That's coming up. Yeah. That's coming up uh, in a month. Five weeks? Yeah. Six weeks? Something like that. Five weeks. Five weeks, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Tw- what? 20... 27th of September we leave. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Back yeah. the 9th of yeah. October. Nice. Who's yeah. all going? Me and man camping. Oh, just the two of us. Just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just two of us. Uh, didn't want to, it was our, no, it's my regular solo trip and that. Yeah. And, and the other people that were asked to come are doing, what is it? The Des Moines River. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh, man, that that's just me. flew right over your head, didn't it? <laughs> that's me. Uh, that's you, man. That's you. Hey. Well, we're not even sure. Like, we've been we've been checking the water levels, and we're, our fingers are oh, crossed. Oh, I'm thinking water levels going to be low. They're, they're really low. Yeah. And so we're, we're, we're considering backup plans, but we're not to the point yet where we're actually planning something. But it's in the back of our minds that we may have to take an alternate route because the, the water levels... They keep saying there's going to be more rain. They keep saying that the water levels are going to go up. But when you look at, uh, you know, a typical outflow of a 10-mile lake is, uh, say, you know, in the spring, fresh at the the thaw, you're talking 250 to 300 cubic meters a minute or whatever the measurement is, uh, meters per second, cubic meters per second or something. Anyways, it's a huge number, 250 to 300. And right now... It's running at about uh, 22 or 23, and and in the last week it went up to 26, and we we're like, oh boy, oh, look at that, yeah, and it dropped to 24. It's like, what's going on? Yeah, the the Moose River in the fall tends to get lower. I know that. Yeah. Um, so I am bringing my canoe pole. Oh, perfect. Uh huh. Brilliant. So we're gonna get dropped off at um, the Moose River Crossing. Okay. Right, take the. We're gonna drive to, to Cochrane, hop Polar Bear Express. It's gonna drop us off right in the middle, of, right in the middle of the tracks. Nice, right off the bridge. So, <laughs> are you are you taking your canoe? Or are you renting Both. a? Oh, we're, I'm taking mine. And Scott's taking his because it's a, it's a solo trip. Yes, right. But I'm wondering what the conditions are like. You're gonna put holes in your canoe. I won't put holes in my canoe. <laughs> I'll so, get some brand new scratches, but I won't put holes. Okay, in so it. it's not that. It's not like full on white water. No, no, oh, okay. no, 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 no. Um, yeah, nothing massively huge, 
if anything, it's going to be lower in the yeah yeah. Uh, like when we went and did the uh, the the canoe pulling course. Okay, it's going to be like that. The Gull River. Spots. What's that? What's the river the called? Speed River. Speed River. Speedo River. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so and there's going to be big. It's going to be deeper parts with paddling and stuff. But oh, okay. But uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get dropped off there. We are going to head south against the current. Uh, first day or the sec- first day, we're just going to camp there. Okay. At the where the, where it drops. Wherever us the off. train drops you. And then uh, the next day, we're going to head south to where the uh, Missinabi and Matagami, Matagami yeah, uh, meet and form the. The, the Moose River. Oh, okay. I have this thing, and I don't know what it is, and I don't know why I have it, but there's something I find really cool about where three rivers meet. Oh, like yeah, two yeah, rivers yeah. join. You and did that on your third. trip last summer, and too. I did that. Yeah, we did that yeah. trip out out to the Rockies last yeah. year. Um, there's just something about it that mm-hmm. I think you know it's a it's a cool spot where three rivers meet. Yeah, and in this particular case, there's a big ass island right in the middle of it all. Oh, nice. Yeah, so. Uh, there's also some big rapids apparently, but, um, it's good fishing. <laughs> so we're going to head there and spend a day there. And then the next day we'll head back North and camp just North of the, the river bridge, the train bridge. Um, then the day after that, we'll head a bit farther North where is it the Abitibi joins the moose. We'll spend okay. a couple of days there cause yep. there's some rapids there. There's some good fishing there and, uh-huh. and whatnot. And then we'll head a bit farther North to, Starts with a K, and I can never remember the name of the rapids that come out. And but I think that's the North French. Okay. The French River. I think that's the one David Lee took. Oh. They, they went up the French yeah. River. Mm-hmm. That was the North French that they went up. Uh, it joins the Moose there. Yeah. That's just that's not too far from Moose and me. Mm-hmm. And and uh, we'll uh, spend a couple of days there doing some fishing and some canoe pole and then paddle and stuff yeah sightseeing that sort of stuff because you can go down the french as well as come back up, oh right? so okay yeah, yeah yeah. just a lot of exploring how many days on the water 10 i think 10 days nice yeah. um and then uh we'll hit moose moose factory and do some um exploring around there and well you used to live there didn't you yeah you used to so live you find your old house and well that's why i was uh, trying to find get my parents are trying to find out what the exact address was because uh-huh. that was 1972, huh. something like that. 70, 71, 72, 73. You would have been like four years old or something. Yeah, four or five, yeah. Well, my mm. brothers had started kindergarten, so what age do you start kindergarten? Yeah. Six? Uh, well, six is grade one. Is six grade one? So gr- yeah. so five would have been kindergarten, yeah. so I would have been three, four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three and four, because they started school up in Moosonee. Yeah. And um, yeah, so see if we can find our old house. and Cool. See, they have water taxis there, so hopefully we can hop in one of those and take a trip out to the bay. That'd be out neat. into James Bay. And yeah. I think it'll be cool to see it with adult eyes. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Like yeah. there's little bits and things like I've seen in family movies and sort of ring a bell and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but it'd be nice to see this stuff now, 50 yeah. years later, sort of thing, right? Yeah. So. And being an Ontario boy now, it'd be neat to get back to tides and... The incoming mm-hmm. and outfall, the outf- incoming outfall, and that'd be neat. The one thing I'm going to have to remember, and uh, Scott's going to have to remember as well, is the closer you get to Moosonee, yeah, salt water. Oh, the water gets saltier because yeah. of the uh, the the it's a salt tidal water flows. harbor, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that'll be interesting because you'll have to go off river to find natural springs to filter. Yeah, so I'm going to bring a couple of collapsible water jugs, mm-hmm. like four liter or whatever yeah, water jugs. Yeah, because you wouldn't be portaging much. 
None. And le- well, lining. Be, yeah, lining or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it would Lining be bad. So canoe poling. carry a couple extra liters, gallons of water, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll carry those and that, and then that, like I say, if push comes to shove. Moose knees just up a little ways. We'll paddle up, grab yeah. some water from the local store, and <laughs> head on back. You know, <laughs> spend a night at yeah. the hotel. <laughs> but you just, if you t- if you watch the shores, you'll see natural springs yeah. running into the river, right? Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd be lots of them. Well, we'll have the gravity bags, and yeah. the filters, and yeah. all that sort of stuff, yeah. right? So that'll be cool. But uh, it would be yeah, interesting that's... to see if your filters would could be able to uh, uh, filter urine or something, right? There you go. <laughs> Why would you filter it? <laughs> you lost me on that one. I mean, it is mine. <laughs> Why even let it cool down? That's right. Anybody want some tea? <laughs> so, yeah, so that's coming up too. So, uh, yeah, that's that's like, yeah, four weeks away, five weeks away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit more about maps uh, a little later on the show here, but... Uh, yeah, like I say, uh, that's coming up. Mm-hmm. It is the second last day of August. Yes, school starts. Yay! I mean, boo. Yeah, <laughs> and like this September for me, just because I grew up in New Brunswick, it's that September for me is uh, apple picking time, school starts, you're going to school and you wait for the bus and you see the, the, the mud puddles on the road start to frost over you start get your first little you know you like mid to late september you might get your first frost and so it's Chillier like mornings winter is coming <laughs> yeah i saw a bunch of those the other day uh thingies on the uh, yes so the winter camping Facebook is supposed yeah. yeah yes yes and uh, we're gonna go check that out and i thought you know what end of august beginning of september now is the time and I know no one wants to hear this. Got to get your winter camping gear out. Yes. And I don't mean it as in get it out because you're going winter camping like now. You have to get it maintained. But, yeah, I mean, uh, there's still a lot of us that still canoe yeah. trip for another month and a half, two mm-hmm. months. Easy. You know, into uh, end of October. Yeah. Or, I mean, I'm heading up to James Bay in October for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully expecting snow at some point. Well, that's what they say up there. Up there, you know, mid-October is when the snow starts. Yes. So yeah. I'll either just be hitting it or just be missing it. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you know what? While it's warm, and if you're not going camping and you're not going tripping or anything like that, now's the time to pull out all your winter camping gear. And check yeah. it all out. If it's an opportunity with a dry back lawn and just yep. spread stuff out, make sure there's no Scoop damage the or mold first. or, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Get out, get out your tent and stuff like that. Like I say, well, it's warm up because you don't want to be doing this in the winter and you know, yeah. Okay. Well, I've got a, a heated garage, so I'll just do it in my garage. Yeah. Well, no, no. Yeah. You, you know what? That's just a pain in the butt. <laughs> Unless you got like a five car garage and can set your tent up in the middle of, yeah. of it, that's just a pain in the butt. <laughs> so yeah, get out your tent, set it up in the yard, backyard, front yard, whatever. Make sure it's clean. Make sure yeah. there's no mold. No, you know, there because you know what's going to happen is you're going to go, yeah, I'm going camping this week. I'll just, it's good. I'll just throw you it in can't and do that. And then you get up there three, four hours away. You yeah. set up your tent. And there's a nice hole sitting there. Exactly. From the mice or the squirrels yeah. or the mold or whatever that you missed. Whatever it's better to find out now mm-hmm. because this still gives you plenty of time to fix it, mm-hmm. right? 
so set up your tent, make sure it's clean, mold-free, wash the dirt off of it if there's any. I know my, mine had some, so you had to set it up and just give yep. it a little wash, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. They're going to get dirty, whatever. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, um, get out your stove. Mm. You would have oiled it back in the spring. So, I mean, you can... You, you should have oiled it. You should have in oiled theory, it. In theory, that's a smart thing to do. So you're saying you didn't. <laughs> well, see, the problem is... I'm not is, saying I didn't, but I'm not saying I did. See, the problem, the, the mistake I made is uh, last time I used it, I came back and I couldn't get stuff to my storage unit right away. Because I, I store my tent in my mother-in-law's basement. I store the, the stove in my storage unit, yada, yada, yada. Anyways, I got back. It was a busy week. It was a, And so I never... Everything stayed in the trailer. And I just put the trailer in the backyard. It's like... It's cold. It's freezing. It shouldn't matter. It rained that week. So my stove is currently a bright orange. So what I have to do oh. is I have to sand the whole thing down. You didn't even throw tarp over it all or anything? It was under tarp. Oh. But everything, it was just, it rained for like two or three days that week, right? So just the water and the air. And yeah, the- it was just, the humidity was like crazy, uh, right? Right. So it took extra long for the tent to dry out and the stove was just orange with rust. So what I have to do, it's so, there's so much rust on it that I have to, it's been sitting in the corner of my garage all summer and I keep looking at it saying, oh, I got to do that. So it's, it's bright orange. I, You're going to do it the Thursday before you leave on a Friday. <laughs> come on, come on a minute. You but know it. I have to, I have to sand it down and then I, I'm going to go buy some barbecue paint or something. Was it just going to make it black? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't leave it bare. There's too much rust on it, right? Yeah. Like, there is way too much rust on it. Like, it's actually kind of pretty looking. It's got some kind of a wavy curves in the rust, and Ooh. you can tell where where areas that were got hotter and areas that got cooler because the cooler areas don't have as much rust because it didn't burn off as much as the outer coating because last year was the first time I used that stove. Yeah. It's a brand new stove. Oh, ow. Yeah, so... <laughs> I got to buy new tent stakes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, For winter mm, camping, uh, Princess Auto has some army. I'll, I'll. No, I went to Home Depot and for a buck a piece. Yeah. I got the, what were they, 20-inch or 18-inch spikes. Oh, perfect. I just hammered them in. Yeah. Worked like a charm. Yeah. tried getting them out. Oh, yeah, yeah. They don't come no. out. No. Uh, Matt, uh, Paddle In, came over and he says, here's what you do. He takes the back of the axe, hammers them. In further? And no, it loosens no, them. No, it didn't. Ha- no. Hammered it down. So like it was bent. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're trying to hammer oh, okay, a nail yeah, yeah, in yeah. straight yeah. and then it bends yeah. and then you hit it so that it spins. Oh. And then it just <laughs> pops right out. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah, so I did that with all. One, yeah, because they were, they, three, you had the four, big 18 inch spiral <laughs> spikes. Well, they were, were they spiral? Bright spirals? I think that mine are, yeah. the one I buy are spirals. Yours, yeah, yours are spirals. Mine, I didn't have, they didn't have the spirals. When yeah. I, but I wanted those yeah. ones, right? Um, so yeah, I've got to go buy spikes. <laughs> New spikes, but a buck a piece. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, uh, I have their, their army surplus type aluminum. They're just an angle of aluminum. They're a uh, winter camping. How are tent. they for getting into the ice though? You can't. Yeah. See these ones I had to. But see, what I do for that is uh, I I have uh, a couple summer tent spikes. And so if it's ice, I have an ice screw, like a mountain climbing, mountaineering ice screw, like a 12-inch spike or ice screw. I just ice screw the, a hole in the ground and at an angle, and I just stick the normal summer, the summer tent peg in that hole at an angle. And it huh. it's 
it's loose, but it, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I just hammered these bad boys right in. And I mean, there was on the one side, there was about a foot and a half of ice. Uh Yeah. The other side, there was like maybe three inches of ice. Mm Mm-hmm. So there was no way I was getting anything. <laughs> it, it had to go into the ice. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but no, my my stove is is fine. Um, yeah, I think the the pegs are the only thing I have to get out. So yeah, get your stove out, clean it up, oil it. Yes. <laughs> Sand I, I, it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if it needs some attention, do it now. Yeah. Um, but if it doesn't, and you've I'd say wait a bit, and then before you're getting ready to go, do the fire in it to burn the oil off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I mean, there's there's still a couple of months till you're mm-hmm. you're going to need it, so there's no sense doing it now. Yeah. You know, do the, it in a what couple I, months. What I normally did is the uh, you buy the uh, I can't even remember what it's called, but it's for uh, winterizing your uh, motorcycle or your lawnmower. It's the fogging oil. Yeah. Yeah. So I just use the fogging spray oil and I spray the whole surface, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, which is perfect. It uh, keeps the rust away. What is that? And some uh, some people say WD forty. And... Yeah, WD forty is okay, but it's not good for long term storage. Where the fogging oil, it really clings. Yeah, it's a greasy type oil. Whereas WD forty, it uh, as soon as you rub a spot, it just kind of starts to burn away, right? Yeah. Um. So get all that together, and like I say, you might as well check it all out now. Yeah. Check your tent stakes. Buy new ones if needed. Well, the key thing is it's nice to do it during warm weather where it's easy to lay stuff out as opposed to, you know, minus 20 in the backyard, seeing if the tent still works. Yeah. It's like, oh. Well, and that's, that's my whole point of this all is like, if, if if you're not going out, you know, if if you're come September, your kids are in school and stuff like that. Yeah. And you're not getting out to do the camping and all that, then you might as well do it now. Yeah. Pick a nice day. You know, pick a nice day on the weekend and get it, start getting everything out and set it all up. Make sure it's good. Because that way, if all of a sudden something happens and you say, Hey, we're going camping. Yeah. You know, it's all ready. It's all the go, ready to go and everything's good. Mm Mm-hmm. For those of us with wooden floors. <laughs> yes, that's interesting too. So did you save your wooden floor from last year? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's still there. Um, I've got to drill some holes in and make little um, clips. Okay. So that I, so it won't slide. Oh, they started to slide apart? Well, see, because it was on ice. Yeah. I'd laid a tarp down. Mm-hmm. Then I laid the wood floor on top of the tarp. Yeah. And there was just the front. Yeah. There was a couple of smaller boards and they moved some. Ah. So I want to clip them all together, so mm-hmm. nothing, so it's like ends up being one solid yeah. ten by ten board basically, because mm-hmm. right now it's in I think five sections. Okay, and each section, if it slides around, yeah, you yeah, know exactly. So, uh, yeah, so I got to get those done, and also check out your winter camping gear. If you got winter camping, winter sleeping bags, exactly. And, yeah, you know, yep. I mean, I've got canoe tripping gear. I've got car camping gear. I've got winter camping gear. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's. Yeah, you need a storage house. <laughs> oh man, I need a bigger house. I need a I... warehouse to put all yeah. this stuff in. I'm going to set up six my. Car garage. I'm going to set up my trailer so that we can do the podcast in there and then store all my gear down here. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting to the point. So yeah, make sure, make sure your sleeping bags are in good order and your, you know, if you, if you use a different stove. Um, than you do when you're, when you're canoe tripping, make sure that thing's working out right. Yes. You know, I mean, I cook a lot on, on our, the actual stove, the, the, the wood stove inside yeah, the tent. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. But sometimes you, you know, you'll take the little burner stove outside and mm-hmm. just to boil water or something like yeah. that, right? Um, and what else is there? 
make a new a list of new and replacement gear oh, that yeah. you're going to need. And it doesn't mean you have to buy it right now, but get ready for when the sales yeah, exactly. start. Exactly. Keep an eye out for the sales. Yeah, because yeah, I mean they always have the I mean, you know, end of year sales, beginning of yep. year sales, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So and yeah, so get all your winter camping gear out now. Check it all out now while it's nice and warm. Yeah. And it's all you know, it's all ready to go for two months from now. You know, <laughs> it's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up, and it'll be yeah. here faster than fast. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people when we do the uh, Halloween thing up in Algonquin. I mean, I just take my regular tent. I've never know. done the Halloween thing. Yeah, we might do it again. Last year was the first year I did it. We might do it again this year. I'll take Tracy with me, bring our new tent. I saw a costume. We were I don't know what we're doing, but. It was uh, like a eight or ten year old girl, and she was dressed up as a campfire. It was a brilliant costume. It was just all these stuffed foamy licks of flame with a flame head on her, and it was like hey, that's pretty cool. Like there was the logs as a skirt type thing, and it was a really neat little uh, Halloween. Uh, I thought, oh, I'd have to do that for Stella if we went to the uh, Mew Lake uh, Halloween thing. Mister Canoehead. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah so I, I saw i've seen people uh last year they a few of them had their winter tents out for that yeah with the stoves and all that yes absolutely but yeah yeah if if it's absolutely pouring out it's rough on the tent because yeah. it's a canvas tent you, yeah. yeah it's so i just take my regular tent yeah. i got a big well i got the big kelty tarp I bought one that was a bit too big. <laughs> uh, I think it's like 16 feet across. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I fit everything under that. <laughs> Tent, truck. Yeah. <laughs> picnic table, neighbors. There you, you know, go. Whatever. <laughs> so, um, and speaking of sales, end of season sales are starting right now. They are starting, yes. And it's mostly clearing out summer stock, bringing in winter stock. But sometimes they're bringing in last year, like if they because the previous stuff that didn't sell from last winter, they, yeah. they put it out and they sell, they try to sell off last season's winter stock before yeah. they good prices release. on it. Exactly. So there's, there's a lot of, of start of season winter stock that there, that usually goes cheap depending on, on. Yeah. I mean, right now you're store. looking at the end of summer sales are yeah. about to start mm-hmm. because yeah, I mean, end of August, Yeah. even though calendar wise and weather wise, it's not really end of summer yet, Yeah. but Everybody's heading back to school and summer. Yes, that way. Yeah, um, it's amazing how many people live their lives by the school year. All oh, absolutely. Aspects of their life absolutely. by the school year. Yeah, uh, we only have to do it with the one now. And it's a university <laughs> school, so it sort of changes a bit. Yes, and yeah. So I mean, right now they're having the end of summer sales. They're having the you know beginning of fall sales, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, the end of season sales are big. If you're looking to to snag a canoe or a kayak, and that's where you know, good it, prices. It's been years since I've really I, I I always go to these end of se- or the the start of season or the end of summer sale, winter's coming sale. Like uh, was it Algonquin Outfitters usually sells off a good portion yeah. of their rental fleet, and yeah. uh, like it, it, you can really get some like you know they're rental boats, but some of them are in pretty good shape. Oh yeah, you know if you can get a good deal there, and I I know they list them on their sites but even the new stuff you know they they don't want to store it all winter yeah so you know yeah. it knocks some money off yeah. and hey save yourself a few hundred bucks save yourself a few hundred bucks yeah. you know like i mean hey that on and then come next spring you've got a brand new slightly used. kayak <laughs> yeah you know exactly I mean, something brand new that's not been used yet it's just been stored all winter precisely yeah yeah you know um that's what i did with my uh my osprey 
it wasn't ready for my October trip. So I ended up renting one and actually picked up my Osprey afterwards and never got a chance to use it. Well, you're... Until the following spring. Your new... Uh, my Kevlar. Your new Kevlar. Yeah, the, the Prospector one. There, you bought that the in the fall, Kevlar, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I brought that early, 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 early spring. Oh, was it? Yeah, like snow on the ground, steel spring. Because I think I went up with you, didn't I? Yeah. When you yeah. bought it. And Ariana went with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, but yeah, it was, what, two months at least till I got a chance to use it. There was still snow. Oh, there was snow. Yeah. Yeah. It was a blustery day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And I know right, yeah, right now, Complete Paddler, Toronto's West End, they've got a sale going on. Okay. So um, end of season rental fleet. End of season. Now, is the end of season one, that it's their new stuff, their new boats that mm-hmm. they just want off their floor. Yeah. So you'll save, uh, you know, a few hundred bucks at least. Exactly, yeah. A few hundred bucks. I mean, there's your paddle, there's yeah. your new life jacket, there's your skirt, yeah. there's It gets rid a of pump. the... And for them, it's it's not just storage, but it's also overhead. Yeah. It could be like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in overhead in, in uh, you know, brand new boats that yeah. it's like, let's clear out overhead so we can bring in next year's stock. Yeah. And yeah, so the Complete Paddler has their sale going on. Their used rental fleet and gear yep. will be on sale September 22nd and 23rd. Okay, so only two three days. weeks away. A two, yeah, a two-day sale. Mm-hmm. And that's the rental fleet. Now, that's the stuff you're going to get really great deals That's going to be a good deal, yeah. 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 If somebody's knocked it, bounced it, scraped it, whatever. Yeah. It's just something that's Your like- canoe is going to look like that in a month <laughs> and a half anyway, so who cares? Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> Uh, but check your, the websites, your favorite gear stores, like Algonquin Outfitters and stuff like that, Swift and, yes. you know, all the other canoe places. Uh, everybody has their, their sales coming up right about mm-hmm. now within the next, within the next month, they all have sales. Yes. You know, uh, and when you get places like Complete Paddler and Algonquin Outfitters, their rental fleets are, mm-hmm. yeah, you see some of these boats and you're thinking, okay, what's, what aren't you telling me about this boat? Why are you selling this? Nothing is just last year's fleet or, you know, like this past summer's fleet. And you're like, wow. Experienced watercraft. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Have I got a deal and a grumman for you? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, I was looking at, who was I looking at? Kevin Callan. Oh, it was in. Happy Camper. It was his Explore blog, vlog. His Explore log? Blog? Blog? Vlog? Vlog. Yeah. Anyways, it, no, it's written, but it was it was both. So well, I saw I saw the video. I th- oh yes, so yeah. it was a video, but I think he already had an article on it too. Did he? I, I can't remember. Okay. I, I remember seeing it though. I saw a video. I was just cruising through on my lunch break one day, and I was yeah. checking it out. He has a chaos bag. Mm-hmm. I've never heard it called a chaos bag before. Yeah, it's. I've heard it called just, a ditch kit or yeah. I've always just called it a or, crap I might need for the day. Or, I call it my day pack. Yeah. Well, and that, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's my, it's, I got a backpack. I got yeah. a, a mech backpack, a really nice one that has certain things in it at all times. Yeah. And then if I, it's, it's a day pack. Yeah. So if I'm going out for paddle for the day, the stuff that's in there is always in there, mm-hmm. but then I'll add extra stuff. Just for the day. Just stuff for you might need just specific for, that specific for that day. Trip. Like right? uh, some extra lures or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in his video, so go to the happy camper YouTube site, Kevin Callen, happy camper. And he has the video about his chaos bag, but he keeps things like stormproof matches, lighters, bear bangers, bug repellent wipes, tin foil and band-aids in it. Yes. So I'm thinking, well, what do you keep mm-hmm. in your chaos bag? And I never really thought about it. Like I, 
I have one of these kits. I just I just carry it. I don't I don't really think about yeah. it. It's it's just a bag of stuff. Like it's it changes depending on the trip and depending on who's there. Like uh, when the kids are long, there's extra stuff in there. Like like you know I I add a tarp in it because I you know you never know when because you want to for me. I'll get wet. It rains, whatever. Yeah. I'll just pull out a rain jacket or whatever. But when you get the but little kids out there. Yeah, you want to get them a little bit more shelter. Yeah. So I'll usually have, depending on the weather, what it looks like, I usually have, uh, on our last trip this summer, on some of the days we I carried uh, bug jackets, on other days I carried rain jackets, depending on what we were doing that day and what the weather looked like, right? Right. And uh, depending on, if we, were, if we were traveling that day, going from campsite to campsite, I would have a tarp in that bag. So it's just, a, it's, it was the, uh, for that trip with the family, it was just, a, it was a small backpack and it was Stella's job, eight, my eight year old, it was her job to carry that bag. And that bag had all the stuff in it that I would normally carry just in a dry sack. In a dry sack, I was just tied to the boat, tied to the thwart, tied to the whatever. Right. And so it, for me, I have, uh, primarily for me, I would have first aid kit, bear bangers, fire starters uh you know something to make a fire duct tape uh, just have some quarters to like if i break a seat i need some quarters to tie the seat up or whatever right snacks uh you know gorp uh of course i always have a medical kit no matter what mm-hmm. like advil robaxacet allergy medication heartburn medication stuff like that you know plus toilet paper you know good old tp yeah on the trail <laughs> and you know if you know i always think I, i'm sort of like a boy scout when it comes like that i always i gotta be prepared i don't know what's gonna happen if what if i what if we get caught out somewhere and now it's, it's nighttime type thing so again it's that back to the fire starter matches lighter flashlight headlamp and uh, i always carry a knife on my belt but in the kit i carry a spare flashlight or a spare headlamp and of course when i have the kids with me i I don't like bug stuff, but I always carry it. When the kids were with me, I carry yeah. that, and like uh, bug stuff, sunscreen, tarp, rain jacket, bug jacket, stuff like that, right? So it's just, oh, and, and like a small towel or something, right? So, yeah, see, I don't get that detail. I, 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 I do for the kids, but for me, there's less. I bring a can of beer, I throw it in the bottom, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and a pair of sneakers. But I don't have to pack this bag once, right? Yeah. So it, it sits there. It, 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 I never use the stuff in it unless I need it. So it never gets unpacked. It's, and like back in the day when I used to carry a camera, the camera always sat in that dry sack too, mm-hmm. right? But now I've got my waterproof phone. So that's always kind of in my life jacket pocket or something for taking pictures. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Well, I have my backpack, like I say, and there's certain things in it that are always in it. Yeah. Uh, headlamp, um, lighters. And I bring the lighters because I've gone through um, waterproof matches. Yeah. Galore. I carry matches and, and lighters. Yeah. I've just go with the lighters. Just, yeah. I, I've always had better luck with lighters than yeah. matches. Right now I've used lighters to light matches. <laughs> uh, I've got, the, I got this one big knife that I keep in there. First aid kit, a water filter, Nalgene bottle. You carry Usually, a Walter water filter. Yep. Huh? Yep. I just carry extra water. Well, I have an Nalgene in there, usually with water. Yeah. But I have that water filter mm-hmm. just in case. Um, I mean, if I'm on a trail or something and I come across a group that, you know, they don't have a water filter and yeah. they're just dying of... Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I, yeah. I, I, I look at the chaos bag as more than just for me. Mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like, you know what, I'll sit at the end of the portage and if I'm some group that's never been out before or yeah. something, then they don't have water, then you know what, I can, I got something I can, okay, give me your Nalgene's, I'll give you some yeah. pumps of water yeah. for you or whatever, right? And sunscreen, because I burn like nobody's business. I never use sunscreen. I have to. I yeah. got no choice otherwise. I've I've been swimming for 15 minutes and end up with blisters. <laughs> I burn yeah. that fast. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's bad. It's really bad. Bug spray. Uh, I try not to use it, but some days, especially if you're on a portage and the deer flies and that are out or your yeah. swampy yeah. areas. Just the, it's more the face and the hands mm-hmm. for when you're portaging than yeah. anything, you know, cause it's nothing like portaging and the, the mosquitoes are in your face Yeah. Um, or they're biting your hands. I mean, you're using your hands to hold everything up. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh. <laughs> it's bad enough portaging, but when you get the bugs in there as well, biting. Yeah. And toilet paper, hand sanitizer, some snacks like granola bars. That's usually what's in there all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got the knife on my, my PFD. Yes, me sort too. Sort of thing, but yeah. I do keep an extra in the bag. I keep like a, like a, one of those razor blade knives or whatever. It's just a flip open razor blade knife. It's oh, just okay. a utility knife. That's what I carry in, in, just because it's small and you can throw it in, doesn't take any weight. Yeah. 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 But uh, then the rest of the, the pack depends on where I'm going. Like, I mean, if I bring my big SLR camera, it goes in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. If we're paddling for the day like moving camp mm-hmm. um usually you wear your water shoes yeah right your your, your solomons or your yeah. keens or whatever your 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 footwear of choice is so i'll throw socks and sneakers oh okay in the bed yeah. so when we get to camp you take the wet stuff off you it's put something your, quickly to throw into before you even have to unpack you don't yeah. have to open a single bag type yeah. thing. yeah so it's right there you put that on and it's easier to walk around you're not getting sand and all that yeah. garbage inside yeah. your feet and trying mm-hmm. to set up camp with all that. You got yeah. nice dry shoes on to set up camp, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's stuff in there. It doesn't take up a ton of space, but it's stuff that, you know what? I don't want to have to open my big sea line bag or my barrel or exactly. anything like that to find this yeah. stuff. Boom. Because if you're out and if, if you say, for example, you're at the middle lake or you're in a spot where it's balance is an issue, you don't want to be opening up the big uh, canoe pack and trying to dig through, right? Yeah. Like I'll keep a few things on top of the canoe pack, like a water filter. I'll stick that. That's the last thing I pack in is, you know, like shoes and water filter and, and, you know, like a warm jacket, or warm something. jacket or something yeah. like that. Right. But it, it like. For me, I guess the theory behind my, well, I don't know what Kevin Callan calls it the chaos bag. I just call it a day pack. A day pack, yeah. So if, if I'm just going out for a day trip, I would pack that pack the same as if I'm going for a week-long camping trip. Yeah. It's just, it's my day pack. It's the stuff that I need easy access to. Like if I need to grab a granola bar or whatever, like I'll have some stuff usually in cargo pockets. Like it, I'll carry bug stuff depending on the day or the time of year. Yeah. yeah like if it's early in the season, I'll have bug stuff right in my pocket. If it's fall. Yeah. I don't bother. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, there's not much more that I would bring yeah. along. But other it's, than it's, that. it's those things that you think to yourself, it's emergency item. It's quick access. Yeah. If it's, if something happens, if a moose is chasing me on the portage, bag. I want this one bag so I can run off into the woods away from the moose. That's where my fold out gun comes in. 
<laughs> Hang on, just wait there, Mr. Movies, while I put this thing together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so. But yeah, I mean, like you say, if something happens where you're stuck outdoors at night, you don't make it back to camp in time. Or yeah, exactly. You're windbound all of a sudden. You know what? You got a snack. You can get water. First aid if you need it. You yeah. got a knife. You got lighters and that for heat. You got mm-hmm. a headlamp to... Yeah. Now, I've never thought about putting a small tarp in mine, though. I... Which, uh, as, you start, as you start to think about, yeah, you know what? If you're stuck outside at night mm-hmm. or something like that or windbound, a tarp might be a good thing to have. With... And when I bring the kids, I bring the tarp. But if it's just me on a trip with a bunch of guys, what I do is I, I just think, well, I'm just going to protect myself here. So I usually bring, I have, I've bought a couple of those giant two-man uh, uh, space blanket things. Right. And so th- these things are huge. They're like a small tarp. And so you can wrap yourself with them. You can make yourself a, a quick lean-to type shelter or whatever. These things are huge. And it's space blanket material, right? And they pack and there's, down to and nothing. The ones I bought, they're uh, they're silver on one side, but orange on the other. So you could use them for signaling. And they also have directions, first aid instructions, this, that, the other thing on the other side. Shows you de- there's little demo pictures to show you how to set up a shelter. And so right. I usually have one of those in my uh, in my you know emergency day pack bag. Now, question for you. Sure. If you're stuck out there, windbound. Yep. And you're supposed to be back on Sunday because mm-hmm. you got to go to work on Monday. <laughs> okay. But you're okay. Yeah. You just windbound. Yeah. You going to want to be rescued? No. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the silver side goes up and the orange side goes down. <laughs> I've never been, all the time that I've been camping, I've never been delayed on return. I've quite a few times come back early, like a day or whatever. But I've never been delayed on the return. I think I've only come back early once. And there's been a couple of times where wind and whatnot. Well, we got hit by a tropical storm once. Yeah. And we had to be uh, flagged down one of the big water taxis. Oh, okay. Um, to get us off the lake. This was up in Opiongo. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, even they were having problems. And they got those two big motors on the back yeah. of these things, right? Yeah. So they, they came and did an emergency, because um, we were coming from Crow, uh, we were coming down through Pruel and all that. And all, so we are at the top end of Opiongo. Way up there, So yeah. all we had to do is paddle back. Mm-hmm. But the wind and the waves were rough. so bad, we weren't going to make it off that lake mm-hmm. alive. Hmm. There was no way. And uh, yeah, we waved him down and he said, I've got a couple other runs to make first and uh, we'll come back for you. So we waited a few hours for yeah. them to come back. And he says, man, we are having such a hard time. Wow. It was even rough for them. Oh, yeah. And they've got these massive engines, like 150 yeah. horsepower Big boat. engines each, yeah. right? Yeah. Or whatever they are. And, uh, yeah, even he was just like, <laughs> you know. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that was. So, yeah, I, otherwise we would have just been camped for the night yeah, on the north exactly. end of Opiongo yeah. somewhere. Yeah. You know, I mean. That's a big uh, lake. I can see how it could get pretty rough on that. I've, I've uh, well, that's the first time that I've ever been caught or not caught but stopped yeah coming out there's one time i was on it where the winds and that all came up really fast so we just pulled over and spent a couple hours on a campsite having a bite to eat and whatnot while it passed and then we went on our merry way yeah um yeah. but i mean i've paddled from one end to the other solo 
Oh, yeah? Before, yeah. It took me about four and a half hours. <laughs> That's a long a battle. Big lake, man. <laughs> um, actually, Opiongo was my first solo trip. Oh, really? I went to the North End solo. Hmm. And uh, yeah, all the way up there, set up camp, had a great time, and saw a bunch of moose and a bunch of power boats. And, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was, yeah, that was my first solo yeah. trip, my first real big, you know, interior trip sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I've got in my, and I, yeah, I call it yeah. a day bag, not I, a chaos. I, I think we beat the heck out of that one. Yeah. Uh, I, going back to the maps we were talking about earlier, the topographical oh, yes. maps, yes. which I never did show you. They're, they're in the bag, the little thingy I got them in the mail folded. I'm looking for okay. these big tubes, but yeah. no, they were actually folded maps. Oh, they mailed you for your trip. Yeah. Who would you order from? Uh, World of Maps out of Ottawa. Okay. Online. Yeah. They were like 13 bucks a piece, something like that. Yeah. But um, it's the whole area that you and... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's the whole... So one one map's like um, from James Bay down a little ways down the Moose River, and the other's the other part of the Moose River to the... Uh, all the way, like, like down to the uh, Matagami and uh, Missinabe. They're decently uh, detailed? Yeah, not too shabs. Oh, it's um, packed with cardboard and... Everything. Is this it here? Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. there's a map ruler and everything. Map rulers and, and everything. That's all that's in there. Nice. So... Oh, they're not those. waterproof. Nope. No, I'll, I'll put them in my uh, waterproof yeah. carrier, right? But there is those maps, a digital version. Oh, yes, yes. Right? So I was looking at Topo Canada maps. Okay. Topo Maps Canada. Uh, it's an app for your iPhone, iPad, and the iPod Touch. Uh, the guy, the guy from work that I, Pierre Terrian, that I uh, I canoe with every year, he he has that same app, and we've we've relied on it pretty heavily at times. I downloaded it and checking it out because I wanted to check it out before I go. It's exactly what you've got in your hand, but in a digital format, yeah. and you can zoom right in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a free app. Yeah. You down and it lets you download topo anywhere topographical yeah. maps anywhere in Canada. It's a nice app. You can so it shows you the area and when you touch an area, say you touch Moose and E, there's a square that appears. Okay. So you start touching around and all the little tiny Could squares. Be the same squares as the these exact on the map. squares on the map. You can highlight those. Yeah. Only the ones you need. And it, then you hit download. Yeah. It downloads them to your phone or your iPod yeah. or your, your iPad. So that when you're offline, you still have access to them. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So you, you you can zip, you know, zoom right in. Yeah. To the areas you want. So I mean, yeah, you look at this for these big maps as a guide to where you're going, but then you can look at this and you can zoom right in to see the me- there's measurements on, yeah. on it and all that. Well, I can see there's some detail on this map, but well, for one, I need reading glasses to really look at it. Yeah. But it's you're. you're uh, you're at about twenty thousand feet here, looking at this map. Yeah. So. But they're t- they're pretty decent maps. Mm-hmm. So the the Topo Map Canada, um, tracking. So it shows where you are on the map if you if you let the GPS function go. Okay. So when you're you know you look at your phone, it'll show you where you are. Yeah. On on that, so you can track where you're going on the river. So yes. you know exactly. Okay, yes. I'm at this yeah. island and this island. So you can sort of map up with. With your phone, with mm-hmm. your your actual map that you got laid out on your canoe pack, right? Yeah. Uh, flags, so you can mark positions, points oh, of interest, okay. trailheads, summits, yeah. whatever you're doing, nice. right? 
So we know we want to stop at a certain a certain uh, point. A certain point. Yeah. Then we put a flag there. Yeah. And then when you, I guess you open it up and you, you can put information on it, right? So that we know day one campsite. So when you see that flag on your on the phone, you click it and it yeah. says day one campsite. You go, oh, mm-hmm. this is where we're going to be camping in this area for the night, sort of thing. Is there any historical areas that you want to see and stop at on this river? Not really. Looks like there's a airplane landing up here. Oh, that's that's Moosonee. That's Moose Flats and stuff. Yeah, Moosonee, Moose Factory. Yeah, there's okay. a helipad. There's an airport. Huh. So I remember who was it? We uh, I think it was Jim Baird. We saw paddling. Oh, the flies, yeah, the, the 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 tides and all that. And the yeah. Flats so and there's all these dots all on it, the map. Yeah. That must be all those hummocks of grass that yeah. he was paddling between. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. So you can measure distance between points on the maps. Okay, so yeah, this gives this, you an idea app, right? how far you have to go. Yeah, so and... you know, okay, well, we're going this far today. Yeah. You can transfer all the information between your devices. Oh, yeah. Right? So if it's on your phone and you, oh, I'm gonna, I want to look at this on mm-hmm. my iPad, transfers over. And what's good is that you also have the paper copy in case you run out of battery. Yeah. Because you can't really rely on one source, right? Uh, I'd be nervous of relying solely on my phone in case I... It got wet, it got damaged, the screen broke or whatever, oh, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. So, now, so the other thing, I mean, the other thing I got is uh, I download an electronic copy to my computer of this. Yeah. And being where I work, I can print. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better detail than this yes, too, right? Yes. So this is an overview. Then you get the really fine detailed ones. But like I say, with the phone, it's got all the extras. Now, the only thing about this app is the continued use of the GPS in the background sucks your battery. Yeah. And they come out and they tell you that right on the app site. So when I, when I, well, for Pierre, when he uses that app on the trips, he just turns it on quickly and then turns it back off again, right? Yeah. So it's not constantly tracking. Yeah. You know, you don't need it to track all the time, but if you think, you know what, I'm sure that's that island that we're looking for, Mm -hmm. or that's that river mouth we're looking for or whatever. It is handy. Especially flip it on, flip it off. Yeah. Especially if you are like, there's a few times where either bad weather where it gets really dark or or it's raining and you don't want to pull out your paper map or you can't flip the sides on the paper map like we've used it a couple times where it's uh where's this portage or whatever <laughs> like because we're you know way up north and we're trying to figure out find these uh these uh nostawagan roots and stuff like yeah. this or nostalgian roots and uh, so it, w- it was handy that way because you could zoom in and find details and find peninsulas and find more detail to f- for route finding. Because we were finding routes up north that were old, unused, Nostalgian native canoe routes from yeah. from like, you know, 100 plus years ago type thing. So it was, uh, it was handy to have it right on his phone. Well, see, and that's exactly it. And before you leave home... You can map all this out. Yes. On the yeah. phone, right? Yeah. So that way when you get up there, all those points yeah. are already on this Topo Maps of Canada app. Yeah. And we were transferring, like we were, you can't always see it or it's not always clear, but uh, we were using like uh, Google Images or Google Satellite View and stuff like that. We think, oh, that looks like it's a clearing. That looks like there used to be a portage here. So we would mark it on his app. 
Right. So we knew sort of a better idea where to find something. Because when, when you're trying to find a, an ancient route that is not maintained, it's any... Hit or hint, miss. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. anything that helps. And so we were comparing maps and comparing anecdotal evidence and comparing, like, we found some old uh, trip reports and stuff like that, right? So it was, it helped that way. And we even went through a couple books and to find some of the little roots and little bits and pieces, right? Mm-hmm. So, but it was nice to have it right on his phone. You could just pop it open, turn it off. Well, and that's exactly because like I always have my phone in my one pocket on my mm-hmm. PFD, right? Yeah. Like I say, take quick pictures or something like that. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And then like I say, just pop yeah. it open and click it and check out the, the, the topo maps yeah. there just to double check. Oh yeah. You know what? This is where we wanted to check this out while we're here and we want to check that out. And yeah, we've only got another mile till we got a, you know, there's a, a river that comes in that sort of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So you so have, yeah. do you have a compass? You have a compass oh, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check out Topo Map Canada app. Uh, just go to the applications page or the, uh, on your iPhone, Google it, search it, whatever it is. And, uh, cause you know, I use the app, so <laughs> app search device thing, yeah. uh, all the time. Is it that, is that the app app? <laughs> I use the app app all the time. Uh, go there, search for Topo Maps Canada app and uh, download it give it a whirl it's pretty cool like i said mm-hmm. I was thinking, okay so you zoom in but it, it wouldn't like handy. to zoom in then you touch it and the square shows up download oh download it okay and then you can zoom right down into it yeah You're like the okay. details amazing yeah, yeah. so that's, that's pretty cool so get that and uh give it a whirl but don't rely solely on an electronic no. device for root finding. Nope. You have to have a paper copy as a backup with a proper compass. But the amount of people I know that don't take a, a paper copy. I always take a paper copy. Oh, it's, you do. Like, I, I may not in Algonquin Park because I know oh, I I'm do. familiar enough with it. Like, I bring the canoe roots map, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not too worried if I lose the map or if I use it to start a fire. Because I'm familiar enough with Algonquin Park. Yeah. And I don't even use anything electronic except for taking pictures in Algonquin. But some of these northern routes where you need it, it's nice to have both versions, like the electronic and the paper copy. Yeah. Yeah. Something to rely on. Something to... Uh, yeah. I'll have three versions, two paper versions and, uh, well, a topographical... Yeah. ...official version plus printed areas the, of the Yeah, the close up, some close-ups. Yeah. 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 yeah just, just so you know, right? Mm-hmm. And then the, like I say, the, the electronic version as yeah. well. So... I mean, the Moose River just goes right up when you yeah. when you hit the big, 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 big bay. Yeah, yeah, you're there. When is <laughs> when is the uh, when is the Moosey Moose Factory Marathon? Have you looked into that? Are you going to run that this year if you're up there at the same time? A marathon? Yeah, they have a marathon. Yes, really, it's a big thing. Oh it's, yeah. Yeah, they they there was um, it's kind of, it, it's starting to get kind of posh. There's uh, some outfitters that put up the. Uh, like not not uh, what are those white huts like you can rent yurts up? yurts they put up some yurts and some fancy stuff and it's yeah I I looked into it a few years back it's like really yeah and I think we talked about it on the show too I don't remember that it was like way back episode like twenty or thirty or something in that range in Moosonee yeah there's a I don't know if it's on the ice or if it's in the summer. Uh, well, I, if it's on the ice, oh, it'll be after we're there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hopefully, oh, definitely. Yes, hopefully. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, so that covers that. And the only other thing I've got to want to talk about 
Waldo Mart. Oh, Walmart. Yes. Yeah. This is the new thing that come out. So Walmart is known for their bargains and their cheap gear, crap, whatever. Uh, cheap stuff, right? You want something cheap, you go to Walmart because they buy so much of it, they can give it a lower price. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Some of it, you know, is garbage. Others, that's decent stuff. But, you know, regular, regular run-of-the-mill stuff, but some garbage stuff as well. So... Just over a year ago, Walmart bought the outdoor specialty store Moose Jaw. Okay. That was a big thing in the news and whatnot. Moose Jaw has like 10 actual stores with, I think, like eight of them in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> but they're big online. Yeah. Specialty stuff. And they have a lot of like name brand stuff. Yeah. Good name brand stuff. And you're talking Eddie Bauer, you're talking Jack Wolf Skin, you're talking Yakima, you're talking Thermarest, Catadine, Black Diamond, Tensile, all that sort of stuff. And this is what they sell as an online store. Well, now Walmart, and this is where it gets kind of funky. Walmart is opening the premium outdoor store, okay, which is an online store linked to Walmart. It's Walmart's online store for premium outdoor gear. Yes. And it's going to be curated by Moose Jaw. I, I saw the article in this this week, and I, I, <laughs> I'm i not sure how they're going to pull it off and, and still keep the... Basically the way, if I'm understanding it right, this will give current Walmart online customers access through Walmart to premium, to premium outdoor, outdoor equipment. specialty equipment. Yes. So I guess it's everything that comes from Moose Jaw will also be available at the uh, premium store. Yes. That's why, uh, from what I'm understanding. Yeah. Because it's pretty convoluted. When, when Walmart what bought I Moose Jaw... Three years ago or whatever it was. A year and a half was. ago. A year and a yeah, half ago. Yeah, it's only been a year. It, it, this was, they talked about this was their ultimate goal and plan. They were mm -hmm. just going to take their time. They're going to, but they're going to curate an online premium outdoor gear store. Well, that's what they're looking to do. Yeah. So like I say, it's, it's, it's that way Walmart, current Walmart customers mm -hmm. can now be, have access to all this premium stuff that they've yeah. never had access to before, which is cool. It is. But it's not what you expect from Walmart. You no. expect... Well, I think that's why they're calling it the premium outdoor yeah. store. I, I th <sighs> it's, it's like they're trying to buy themselves into a uh, little bit more legitimacy for high-end stuff. High-end specialty. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the people that... I don't want to say snobbish, but they're trying to get the snob business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like if, I, if I'm looking for... Uh, a Thermarest mattress or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know. Which you would normally just, not be able to get at Walmart. Just, just using the name Thermarest. Yeah. So like an inflatable mattress, that sort yes. of thing. I'm not going to Walmart to get it. Yes. I know. I'm going exactly. to, you know, like Mountain Equipment Co-op or, or something like the REI or something like that to grab yeah. stuff like that. So I think this is them trying to buy into that kind of business. Yes. Right. So and and they they say the premium outdoor store will offer thousands of items from top outdoor brands including Craig Hoppers, Duder, First Ascent by Eddie Bauer, 
Garmichi, Wolf, Jack Wolfskin, um, Stoneware, Tensile, Black Diamond, Danner, Thermarest, Katadyne, and Yakima. And it will also carry the full range of Moosejaw-branded items, clothing, jackets, and gear. Yeah. And they continually want to add new brands and products. The problem I think people are going to have from, and I'll get into why I think this, from the especially from the supplier point of view, Walmart equals cheap stuff. Exactly. You. So if I'm if I'm selling a a, a pair of outdoor, you know, like socks. Yes. For fifteen bucks, like merino wool socks or something. Mm-hmm. I don't want that sold at sold at Walmart because they're going to be well. Oh, I'm going to go get merino wool at Walmart for five bucks. Yeah. Well, no, those are like fifteen dollars, twenty dollars socks. Mm-hmm. So now they're taking my brand name, adding it to Walmart, and they're going to oh well, how come you're selling those that stuff for for fifteen twenty dollars? I can go to Walmart. But I don't know if it's still going to be a dis. They're not going to necessarily be discounted items. I, no, no, no. I'm not saying it's going to be discounted, yeah. but I'm I'm thinking that's exactly what people are going to think. Well, why am I going to go to Mountain Equipment Co-op and buy it if I can go to Walmart and get it because they sell cheap stuff? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's going to a lot of yeah consumer mentality exactly is yeah. going to go that way. And I think. On the other side of the coin, so you have the consumer, then you have the manufacturer, the the brand name. I, I think I would uh, be a little bit concerned about my product being sold through Walmart. Yeah. Right. It would. I don't know how comfortable I would be with that because if you say, for example, you've got a product that you've been building up and you've got a strong name in the industry and and you've been producing this product for you know, 50 years or whatever it is, suddenly you're a discount brand, mm-hmm. right? You're not a discount brand, but a discount store is, is selling, selling your stuff, it. which makes people automatically think. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole thing. It's a whole perception thing. It, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. So before I get into more of that, I just want to say, so if Moose Jaw is owned by Walmart, mm-hmm. the premium outdoor store is owned by Walmart. Yes. Walmart is going to compete with itself. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and in this corner, Walmart. And then that corner, Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? So, um, so getting back into that, Black Diamond. I think I own some Black Diamond climbing gear. Yes. Some rock climbing gear. They have sent Walmart a cease and desist. Oh, have they? They have. Apparently, it does not, uh, like I say, it doesn't like being associated with Okay, so like I was just- Walmart. So I was just describing, yeah. So yeah. so they have the issue. Yeah. Don't, Black Diamond. Don't cheapen our product. Black Diamond has been a supplier of Moose Jaw okay. for about 10 years. So they've built up for over 10 years supplying Moose Jaw mm-hmm. with, their, with their gear. Yeah. Small specialty stores are fine. Yes. Right? Because you, you want their stuff, then you're going to have to like, go. Yeah, like a premium retailer, like Sale or MEC yeah. or... REI or... Exactly. Whatever, right? Yeah. But as long as Walmart keeps selling Black Diamond through like Moose Jaw, not as Walmart, but as so Moose Jaw. They don't want to be connected to the name. That's fine. Yeah. But once people see Black Diamond gear on Walmart shelves, 
or on their internet yep. site, that's when start people start to get the mentality, mm-hmm. oh, cheap gear. Yeah. So they're either going to go, oh, I can go there and get something cheap, or they're going to go, I'm not risking my life on a cheap ass thing coming from yeah, Walmart. Exactly. Yeah. Like I mean, when I when I go shopping for rock climbing gear, yeah, I'm not buying something. I'm not buying a beaner from from <laughs> exactly. from Canadian Tire. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to the Mountain Equipment Co-op. I'm going to the rock climbing section. Yeah, I'm buying something that I know is going to hold my fat exactly. ass. Exactly, <laughs> right? <laughs> so you know, um, so a letter has been directed at Walmart. Yeah, to cease and desist use of black diamond and diamond logo trademarks. Hmm. It believes the use is likely to confuse consumers into believing that Walmart is an authorized dealer of black diamond, which they're not. Which they're not. See, in a roundabout way, there by the by the sound of the article I read, Walmart just came out and said, "Hey, we're here's our new store, us online, yeah. and here's what we're selling." And people are going, whoa, 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 "Yeah, wait a minute." I see with the Walmart web address a black diamond carabiner mm-hmm. and black diamond shrinks, uh, yeah. slings. Uh, the, uh, whoa, this is, whoa. Yeah. Black diamond uh, also asserts it does not sponsor the new walmart.com site, yeah. according to a press release. <laughs> the letter also demanded that Walmart cease its infringing use of several hundred copyrighted photographs. Black diamond says it owns executive exclusive rights to the material. Huh, that's true. So Walmart yeah. just all of a sudden said, "Hey, you know what? We're going to open a new store, and everything that from our Moose Jaw company, we're going to sell it." Exactly. And they just came out and said, "We're going to do it." Yeah. Without consulting anybody. And you can't do that. But they can. Well, it, that's the gray area. That's where Moose Jaw's cease and desist. Because so, see, Walmart is a multi-billion-dollar business. Mm-hmm. They're a behemoth. They are huge. So they're used to doing what they want and getting their way. Yeah. Right? It's, it's their sort of a, uh, yeah, sue us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they can afford millions of dollars in, for lawyers and they'll just drag it out through the courts. And, and for bigger businesses like that, that's how they operate. It's like, we'll do what we want. We'll figure it out later. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I just don't know if, I mean, if it comes down where some of these companies have had contracts with Moose Jaw. There could be at risk. Those contracts there's, could be at risk. There's going to be an issue mm-hmm. because now if all of a sudden Walmart assumes that because they own Moose Jaw, you know, it's, I mean, I could be totally way off base here. This is just how I yes. would see it. Yes. You know, I'm not a lawyer or anything like that, yeah. but I would be, if it was my product, I'd be going, no, 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 no. I told Moose Jaw, I had an agreement with Moose Jaw to sell my stuff. I didn't have an agreement with Walmart to sell my yeah, stuff. Exactly. You know, if, if I'm getting 10 cents on the dollar from Moose Jaw, well, I'm not going to take that 10 cents on the dollar from Walmart. I want 20, 30 cents on the dollar from Walmart. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you guys are going to sell, you know. Yeah, you're going to sell a premium. Yeah. And when you buy in bulk, you get special discounts yeah. because, you know, you're not buying, you know, a hundred of these carabiners. You're buying 10,000 carabiners. Yeah. So you get a premium price instead of paying, you know, instead of paying four bucks a piece, selling them for six bucks a piece, you're paying two bucks a piece selling for six bucks a piece because you buy in mass Mm -hmm. right so it'd be interesting to see what happens Mm -hmm. but yeah black diamond as far as i know is the only one so far to go uh, (laughs) you know know, i i think you're gonna see other manufacturers pile on just like with the um one of the uh outdoor shows down south and you had a lot of these manufacturers and a lot of these suppliers kind of a they they 
pushback on I can't remember what the show was, but there was a little bit of controversy about it. So Oh the big paddle sports show. Was that what it was? So a lot of the a lot of manufacturers got together and says, No, no, no. Oh, is this the big uh I'm drawing a blank one. It wasn't it was the, in wasn't the retailer Madison. show. Was it the retailer show? Or is it Yeah, it was a pedal That's actually just happening right now. The, yeah, it ends today show. at the uh, Yeah. So it's in, in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, City this year. Something, yeah. Yeah. Cuz it was Madison last year. Oh, yeah, I don't want to get into the controversy of it, but yeah. I think it was Bears ears caused conflict yeah. in Utah and yeah. everybody yeah, backed yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah. the big manufacturers, Patagonia led the pack and everybody just fell in the line behind it. Yeah. So with a big manufacturer like uh, like Black Diamond, if they put out their cease and desist, you might see some other manufacturers say, okay, if Black Diamond's doing it, somebody's leading the way, we're going to follow on. Yeah, because some of these things you're like, you know you know what, like Catadyne. I wouldn't go to Walmart to buy a a, a water, water filter. filter. I know it's it's well. I I don't know what I would do. I don't know if I would or wouldn't. I I, I would for me, and I'll and, and and I'll tell you right now, Walmart equals cheap crap. Yeah. To me, that's and I shouldn't say crap, but but, but cheaper I'd, stuff. Not you know, it, it's like I'm going to Walmart to buy a Volkswagen Bug, not a Ferrari. Yes. And when I'm <laughs> depending on stuff, yeah, I my 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 climbing gear or my water filter or my stoves. I yeah. want the Ferraris. I don't want the Volkswagen And I think where the difference, so there's two groups of people, like if we'll divide it into two different groups of people. So an initial group of people are newbies, people new to the sport, new to whatever. And so they're not going to know enough about it. And so depending on their influences, they may go, well, I don't want to buy a Walmart stuff. I, I want to make sure I get some good stuff. Or you might get people going, hey, I'm going to get the cheapest stuff possible. I don't care. I'm just car camping. But then with people with experience are going to go, well, because it's Walmart, do they build a special brand off brand? That's So for a manufacturer, if I'm selling 10,000 carabiners to Walmart, and I have to sell it to them for $2 a piece instead of my normal 4 or $5 a piece, I'm going to have to cut back, cut some corners on the yeah. manufacturing process to meet their price mark so that I can keep the Walmart contract. And, and I'm speaking from a little bit of experience from reading about how Costco does business, where Costco goes in and they buy a huge amount and they'll they'll multi-pack items like vitamins or whatever. And and there's been a few unproven conspiracy theories over the years where it's like some, okay, well, we're going to build these blenders for Costco, but they're going to have plastic gears, whereas the premium ones looks like the same normal blender is going to, you know, this Kitchen Stuff Plus store with metal gears. So right. there's, there's that controversy and there's like, I don't know, want to call it conspiracy theory, but there's like, how do you meet that price point that Costco can sell it for without cheapening your own product? Well, and when you start, like, just to go back to the rock climbing gear. Yeah. It, you don't want to cut corners on it. You don't that. want to be putting It's your cord, life. Yeah. And what happens if all of a sudden, you know, Black Diamond this year had, you know, these beaners or whatever. Yeah. And seven of them broke. <laughs> Out of the, exactly. Out of the 5,000 yeah. that you yeah. made, seven of them broke yeah. while people were using them. Yeah. That's seven potential deaths or injuries. Exactly. So I, I, Because I, you had to cut corners to meet these, you know. 
I mean, we we could be way off topic. Now. And we, we, yeah. might, we might be exposing ourselves <laughs> to a lawsuit from Walmart here. Yeah. You know, but it, it's it's yeah. Walmart, sort of... I bought some stuff from you last week. <laughs> it's crap. But it, I think it's reasonable talking points. I I think it's reasonable to have concerns about a high end quality product, and then Walmart gets their hands on it. You know, yeah. once and not that Walmart is uh, it's it's a big big behemoth of a store yeah and they have a lot of power impact and to meet their price point i would worry that the manufacturer has to cut corners to still make money the only thing i would say about that is the fact that walmart is calling this their premium so outdoor store so which right off the bat means there may not means be discount more money. prices yeah more money they're right. tr- they're maybe they're trying to more become more legitimate in the like premium upscale industry. walmart yes the upscale walmart. It's, the, it's from the other side of the yeah. tracks <laughs> <laughs> you know so and that's the only thing i'm thinking is like you know what if you want the regular low budget stuff go to yeah. walmart yeah. but if you want the regular good stuff that you're going to find at these specialty stores you've got to go to premium outdoor store yeah i i think there's still i I, i'm going to follow the story i'm going to follow see what happens with uh with this premium store for walmart i'm I'm going to follow it i'm going to uh, maybe we'll follow up again when they kind of get off their feet and things get moving i'm sure there's going to be lots of stuff in the news about it and uh you know if anybody out there listening has a more reasonable uh, explanation about what's going on. We'd love to hear from you. I'd like I'd like to hear from somebody who might have some experience in the field. Like there's uh, there's people out there who who have industry experience and stuff like that. I'd like to hear the highs and the, the whys and the hows and the yeah, whatever their with, take on it. Yeah, their take on it. Yeah. And if there's alien conspiracies out there as well, we want to hear Oh, that. yeah. I like conspiracies. Yeah, nothing like a good <laughs> alien Walmart conspiracy theory <laughs> with a little black diamond thrown in there. Yeah. <laughs> black diamond, isn't that cheese? It, but, but not by the <laughs> different company. Different company. So Walmart is now selling cheap, <laughs> cheap cheese. Cheap cheese. <laughs> That's what I take from this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's, that's the show. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, T- tonight's show is brought to you by Town Brewery at 1632 Charles Street in Whitby. So, yeah, we're drinking uh, Town Brewery beer tonight. We had a, a Belgian-style season ale. And what was the other American one? American Pale Ale. American Pale Ale. Four Corners. Yeah. Do you know the, the uh, importance of Four Corners in Whitby? No, I don't. Four Corners is Brock and Highway 2. Yep. Four Corners used to have different bank on all four corners. Really? Used to be the center of town, apparently. Huh. Four banks. And now you know <laughs> the rest of the rest. story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently it's four banks. Huh. There used to be a guitar store there when I first moved out this way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Guitar Zans. <laughs> Don't know what ever happened to it. It was a good store. They had some really good uh, deals there. Yeah. I actually went and looked at uh, my first bass guitar there. Oh, yeah? And didn't buy it. I went elsewhere. <laughs> but it was good beer i like yeah. them both yeah yeah the uh pale ale was good and yeah. uh the belgian was good it was uh i found out about it today i didn't even know they existed uh, a woman at work was uh saying that her uh son-in-law opened it up last november so i thought oh I'll support to... local businesses exactly so i think you need to tell her listen 
<laughs> Give them a call. Tell them we're going to come in. We need a sponsor. Let them know who we, we need are. A beer sponsor. We need a beer sponsor. <laughs> and then by sponsor, we mean just give us free beer. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. That's yeah. all I want. I we'll don't talk want. about it on our show and we'll drink it on our show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if anybody from Beauty. You know, like big beer companies are listening, same goes for you. We're yeah. not picky. Yeah. Range Rover cars. Yeah. yeah you know what? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any of the tequila industry people? Oh, just yeah. Just let me know. Absinthe industry people, you just let me know. I'll be there. Sponsor us, please. Oh, this weekend. Okay. There's Labsanthery. Labsanthery. Absinthery. Okay. Yeah, it's upstairs from this uh, Cock of the Walk yeah. place, restaurant on College Street. Okay. It's all absinthe. Really? They got the. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a special event or no no it's a bar it's an actual it's bar an it's... absinthe bar huh upstairs cool I'm thinking maybe Friday night where's where this at in Whitby no College nope. Street downtown Toronto downtown Toronto yeah so they have their big nice French restaurant downstairs and yep. then you go upstairs and <laughs> they do the whole thing and uh, cool. different they've actually got some really nice absinths there wow so I'm gonna go try a couple that I've been wanting to try I think hmm. I got myself a. Uh, That'll be designated an over- driver already. Yeah, it'll be an overnighter or something. <laughs> oh no, I got a designated driver, so yeah, just throw me in the back. Yeah, <laughs> lay me out at the end of the night. You're open till two in the morning. Oh wow! So head there for about eight. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a blast. Yeah, sounds like a blast. I got to help my mother-in-law clean her house, and they're getting a bin and starting to dump stuff into the bin. Oh okay. Saturday morning at ten, so yeah. that's gonna be fun. <laughs> What'd you do last night? Oh, shut up. <laughs> so. Well, that's our show for this week. Uh, if you want to find more about us, find out more about us, you can find us on Facebook, Facebook Instagram, Twitter, and our our website, which is? I don't know these things. Really? This is your Paddlingadventuresradio.com. Is that what it is? That's us. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> that. So yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, paddlingadventuresradio.com. Yeah, if you go to, listen to the episodes show, page. You can go to the episodes page on paddlingadventuresradio.com. Little tab at the top and all 133 episodes, because this being 133, <laughs> will be there for your listening pleasure to download or stream. Beauty. You can find us on iTunes as well or Google Play, Player FM. Just Google us and there's a ton of spots. Oh, Apparently yes. people list us without us knowing that we're being listed. I know. That's awesome. And we are almost 15,000 listeners a month. That's perfect. Just under. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find us everywhere. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>